Hey friends, remember to get your application in for the greenhouse by next Wednesday the 31st. That way you can get $100 off of the Life Coach Training and Certification. And by the end of November, you can be trained and set up with an online business without all of the costs you're afraid of. You'll know how to coach with lots of tools, greater understanding of how you coach, who you coach, and a tangible coaching offer in your hand to start getting clients. And the greenhouse is small and intimate, so there's not a ton of spots left to fill. And I encourage you to get your application in, not just for the sake of the discount, but to make sure you get in there if this is what you're wanting. If this is your vessel, go do it. Go to sterlingandstonementoring.com forward slash the greenhouse. Welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. I'm your host and coach, Laura Malone, and I'm here to help you become the hero of your own story and learn to be a guide to others. Whether you're a life coach in any niche or you want to become one, or you're just listening in so you can self-coach to lead your own life well, this podcast is here to serve you. I'm super excited to walk with you into your calling and help you create a wonderful legacy for your life. So let's jump in to today's episode. Hello, friends. I already recorded this episode, and I'm re-recording because when I started listening to it, it sounded like I was sleep talking. (laughs) It was a sleep episode. (laughs) It didn't sound like I was awake at all. And now I've had my cup of coffee. I've taken a kid to school. (laughs) Life is back on track, and there will be energy instead. (laughs) So I want to talk to you about something today that is kind of from my heart because of an encounter I had with the Lord. Also, because I know that some of you struggle with this and you wonder if what you do as a coach and if your work as, you know, an online entrepreneur, any of the things that you're doing are as holy as what everybody else calls full-time ministry. And I want to go after that for a minute because of what the Lord's done in my life, what he's just recently shared with me, and because I want you to know the truth so you can get free. It's been believed for a long time that people in full-time ministry were called pastors and evangelists and missionaries, right? And I've been all three of those to some degree over the past 20 years, but I believe that we as the body of Christ, we've started to take a, a turn around the corner in the past number of years, and we're beginning to see it's not the role or the title that makes something holy. It's the call of God that makes it holy. And it's your yes to that call, your yes to what God wants to do in your life. And if he doesn't say you're a pastor, evangelist, or missionary, does that mean what you do isn't holy? Well, that's not what the Bible says. So let's stop believing it, right? And the degree of leaning into what you're called to is what you, that's what makes you effective, and, and good at it. You know, it's just, it's not the accolades or the permission you get from other people. It's not the call of people on your life who want to be the ones who decide who you are. And it's how you lean into the Lord and trust him to guide you in all that you do, following his lead that makes your role in life holy. That is full-time ministry right there. It's the yes in your spirit that sanctifies the work of your hands. It's the yes in your soul to his pursuit of you, his working through you that blesses the work of your hands. And you are called to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. 
in the very unique way that he designed you to. You're created in his image, right? So you're called to reveal the character and nature of God to the spheres of influence that he's set you in. And none of this requires that you quit your day job, show up at the gas station without any money for gas, sit there waiting for God to send that one person who doesn't need gas, but, you know, heard the Lord prompt them to get out of the house so they could go pay for your gas. And because you're heading to the airport, you don't have a ticket and you don't know where you're going to go, but you're trust trusting God that when you get there, a person's going to walk up with cash in an envelope and give it to you and you're going to see this mat- massive sign that's blinking and confirming where in the world you're supposed to go. So I say that because I've actually lived through seasons where that you know supernatural provision and direction from the Lord has actually provided and led us. But only because it was a clear word from the Lord to walk in that. That is not every day, all day for everybody. And it's not the only way faith manifests. You don't have to quit your day job, go to seminary, and become someone who stands behind a pulpit and preaches in order for you to be in full-time ministry or for what you do to be holy and set apart. And six years ago, when I began my coaching business, I did struggle to know if I had God's permission because I was still waiting to be you know, for that, I know that I know that I know. What if I'm out of his will? What if he hasn't, you know, I didn't hear the audible booming voice of the Lord tell me what to do. So is this what he's telling me to do? Is this okay? And I was afraid if I pursue the gifts inside of me, the things that are in my heart, am I walking away from a calling that I had been in for so long already, which was ultimately my husband's primary calling But I was working alongside of him to undergird his calling. And I, as a stay-at-home mom who worked from home and we traveled a lot, my husband and I have always worked together and built everything together. And at the same time, I was struggling because I, uh, I just didn't know that what I was doing really pulled on the depths of who I am. I wasn't passionate about crisis. I did love working with our family of responders um, in our ministry. And I loved the one-on-one time with them. I loved walking with them and teaching them and leading them. But running into, you know, um, Haiti after the earthquake on day three, that wasn't my jam, but it was my husband's. (laughs) So... I did everything I could to help create an atmosphere and build a ministry and nonprofit that people like him could do what they're called to do. And that extended to taking out, you know, our mobile worship and prayer trailer onto deployment and taking the mobile kitchens out so we could feed victims and, you know, survivors of crisis, but also other responders. We've fed the Red Cross and FEMA and prayed for all of them everywhere we've gone around the country. We've worked with NGOs everywhere around the world. And what a blessing that is. And that was kind of just a seasonal calling that I walked in and it was holy. It didn't always feel holy, but it was full-time ministry. 
But you know what? You can be in full-time ministry the way the world sees it and defines it and not be holy. Because if you have a no in your heart, (laughs) you have a no in your spirit towards what God's saying to you, if you're not in the right place, if you're in full-time ministry, but you're supposed to be in the marketplace, if you're in full-time, if you're a pastor, but you're supposed to be a teacher and a, you know, stay-at-home dad, then being in full-time ministry does not make something holy. It is you saying yes to who you were created to be, doing what you're called to do. That's what makes it holy, is the call on your life and not the role or responsibility or the title set up by man. And what I find interesting is that all the fears that I struggled with, you know, being out of his will, having his permission, um, doing something for me that wasn't necessarily undergirding my husband anymore. Um, He's fully in support of my coaching and my business. But at the time, I struggled with that. All of those things, I've heard people say that the world puts that stuff on us. But personally, I think we put them on ourselves just fine without the world's help. So when we start managing our own mind and self-governing, we can learn to resist the lies and limiting beliefs so that when the world does want to put something on us, we resist it because it's not true, right? And just this morning, the Lord pointed out something that was still underlying in my heart after all these years. And it was keeping me from coming to him with all of the business stuff that I have to deal with. He showed me how I was still really questioning his calling on my business and my my coaching practice. There was still a tip of a poisonous arrow somewhere inside, and it was starting to fester. And that kind of revelation, it breaks you, you know, it in a good way, because when he reveals something in you, it makes you sad to find it there, but so joyful because God is faithful to reveal and remove anything in our lives that hinders his love. And I recognize that if I was actually out of God's will, and if I was wrong to pursue bringing the kingdom the way I feel called and gifted to, He wasn't going to come and dig out lies so that he could fill the void back up with his love and sit there and tell me how proud he is of what I'm doing and how I bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And that's what I heard from him this morning. I think that when we are headed in the wrong direction, we can trust him, Mm -hmm. um, that we will be able to hear and see and feel him nudging us about being going in the wrong direction, right? But I've learned to trust him to give me, he's always giving me a green light. And I'm just, you know, in process, imperfect process, pursuing him, doing what I can to follow his will. And when I sense that there's a yellow light, I reevaluate. And when I sense a red light, immediately I need to stop, seek his face and find out How did I get to this red light? How come I didn't see the yellow light sooner? And what do I do about it? But I think a lot of us have been led by the enemy to believe that God is a red light God, that we're not supposed to do anything without his absolute permission and kind of like a demand, go do this, you know, and that actually satisfies the enemy because he doesn't want us to do God's will. He doesn't want us to reveal God's nature, goodness, goodness 
or bring the kingdom of heaven. He will use God and what we believe about God that is a lie or a limiting belief, he'll use that against us. But the truth is that God is good and kind and faithful and he's not sitting in heaven all angry like waiting for us to try and run that red light. It's, you know, what do they call that? A speed trap or like a, you know, when they say a cop is just sitting there waiting for somebody to run that red light because people do so much so we can write you a ticket. The Bible tells us to not bury our talents in fear of God being a harsh taskmaster, right? (laughs) And it has taken time over years for me to just confidently keep walking towards my unseen calling without certainty, without absolute clarity and confidence. That is called, in the Bible, faith. Moving towards something without seeing it. <laughs> it's, you know, it, part of how I'm doing this is just by knowing my spirit is drawn to coaching. My spirit is drawn to entrepreneurship. Coaching and teaching, they're things I can't not do. I have to guide others. I must walk with people. I need to be multiplying fruit. And I have never not once heard the Lord tell me not to. If he did, I would slow down and stop, right? So I'm living like I have a green light to keep walking. And I've sensed that the Lord is walking with me. Do I have the audible? Do I, can I pull the God card and tell you that I know that I know that I know that I know that I am doing exactly what I should be doing at this exact moment because like I had a visitation from an angel or I went to heaven, like, no. But what I do have is faith that God is good and gentle and faithful to guide me, be with me and give me direction. And the peace that I feel would not be here if I was out of God's will, if I was not doing what he made me to do. So how does all of this apply to you? And, you know, are you stuck in worrying that you're not supposed to be doing this right now, coaching, starting a business, even considering it? Are you maybe waiting on that audible voice of the Lord or somebody else to come along and tell you, you know, this confirming word of what God is calling you to, something that you consider equal to the know that I know that I know that I know. A lot of times that the waiting for that actually holds you back. And I'm just praying about it. I'm just praying about it. I'm just praying about it. So what does the Bible tell you? Does the Bible tell you to sit and do nothing for your whole life while you pray about everything and wait for the, um, you know, that lightning bolt moment? The world is full of people who just started moving. They just started going and trusting the Lord. And that's how we usually get stuff done, right? Um, Would you tell a stay-at-home mom that she's not doing the work of the Lord, what she does is not holy, and she's not in full-time ministry because she didn't get the audible, the know that she knows before she got pregnant to have a baby, to be a mom? Would you tell her that a role in the world with those babies at home isn't as important or holy as the pastor's role on Sunday? First of all, if you would tell her that, I implore you to go seek the Lord about it, um, But I think many of you listening 
wouldn't say that. And I want you to take that and apply the same concept of thinking to yourself, right? Colossians 3.23 says to, you know, whatever it is you do, work at it with your whole being for the Lord and not for men. And by the way, you are counted in men, (laughs) men and women. It's like the human race. Do it as unto the Lord, right? Not just what man says is holy or righteous. It's not the title you get when you're hired or how you separate sacred and secular. That's not going to define how your calling is full-time ministry or it's holy. It's your yes to God and your approach to the calling that is right in front of you. So I encourage you today that if you have a gift or desire to coach others and walk alongside them in any way, remember that you're actually just acting like your savior. He's the ultimate coach, right? So consider that the way in front of you is a clear and narrow path that's going to take you somewhere beautiful. And your ultimate coach is with you on the journey. So let him guide you. And when it's time to turn or even time to turn around, you can trust him to be faithful enough to you that and your call and what he's called you to and equipping you for. He will let you know and he'll be with you in it. Also, if you find comparison in your soul, that's pinning what you do up against what other people do, what you used to do, what you thought you were going to do, what your parents wanted you to do. Put all of that at the foot of the cross. Lean into Jesus. And remember that comparison only bears two kinds of fruit, pride or pain, better than or less than. That is not the kingdom of heaven come to earth, right? We bring hope and joy and peace and truth. And if God called you to be a helping hearted person and you see that coaching can be a vessel for that, well, if that's the way you feel that you bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, you're actually revealing who your dad is, your creator, your father to the people right in front of you. And you need to go with that, right? If, if we all became a pastor, evangelist, or a missionary, who's going to feed us? Who's going to teach the children? Or who's going to bring the gas to the station so we can make it to church on time to hear ourselves the pastors? <laughs> you know, like you are already pastoring some people around you and evangelizing through the way you love in your life. And you are a missionary to every one, one in front of you. And they need you to be right where you are, not at the airport waiting for a ticket and some money so you can become like the modern version of Brother Andrew. And that's not to devalue the the roles of full-time, like the people who really um, are have given their lives as missionaries full-time or the pastors that are full-time working around the clock to... Um, actually shepherd people or the teachers at the pulpit, that's not devaluing those roles. It's just putting greater value on the rest of us so we can see that it's our yes and our call that is holy, our our yes to the call. And we can live in that truth and be set free to do what we're doing and see Jesus as a guide who's walking right next to us. And in 1 Peter In 2.9, it says that we are a chosen race and a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who's called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And that means you, my friend and listener, are chosen, royal, holy, and called to proclaim God to those around you. And you have chosen the vessel of coaching to do it. That's so exciting. People actually come to you wanting what you have inside. They want that gold. So go digging for it. Let the world see it. They're attracted to the calling on your life. They're drawn to your desire to walk alongside them. Even if you don't have a business or get paid or have client sessions, you've probably been coaching people for a long time in your life. I have been since I was like 13. So why not put it all into a a vessel that gives you the ability to offer it to other people? Lots of people coach, but they're called dentists and lawyers, um, moms and dads and waitresses, you know, teachers. They're just not calling themselves a coach, but you can. You can just change your mind about it. And then follow the Lord into the greenhouse course, if that's where he's leading you. Follow him into other er- other places where you can get trained, if that's where you're called to. Follow him into um, the books and the resources and the encouragement, the inspiration that he's leading you into. And trust him to bring provision for your coach calling and your business. And trust him to give you Go to him and actually pursue provision and protection because the enemy, you become a great threat to the enemy when you say yes to the call and when you become aware of this holy call on your life because he loves, the enemy loves for you to be apathetic and stuck. So I say that you and I, we go coach the world and bring the kingdom of heaven together through the vessel of coaching. We go out as the royal priesthood, walking with Jesus, sowing into the lives that are right in front of us. It's a hurt, broken, thirsty world out there. We have the good answers. So let's be part of filling the void because the world's already out there succeeding at filling it. You and I are called to step up and believe Jesus is with us and go be a light in the darkness through our coaching practice. This is how we show up. It's how we say yes to the call on our lives. It's how we walk out being called and chosen, following Jesus. And all I can say is that Sterling and Stone Life Coaches are amazing people who love the Lord and love leading other people into truth. And we use coaching as the vessel for how we bring the kingdom of heaven to earth and reveal the character and nature of God, our Father. So... Until next time, remember that with God, all things are possible. Hey, thanks for listening. And I would love it if you could leave me a review wherever you listen to this podcast and tell me what you're loving about it. It helps other people who are looking for transformation and change and growth in their lives find me. And if you want to learn about becoming a coach with any of your superpowers, head over to sterlingandstonementoring.com and check out the greenhouse course. See you there.